I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello there, and a very warm welcome to the World Cricket Show, staggering on this week for yet another episode in spite of ferocious public demand. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'll be your host for all this evening's larking about slash cricket analysis. And with me in the studio, once again, is Tony Kerr. Good evening. You're not going to resign on me as well tonight, are you, Tony? Well, I'm glad you came down here, actually. Uh, you know, there's assembled media outside, and you, and uh, Giles Clark is coming down as well. I am retiring from all forms of podcasting. Wow. You know, from today. No one saw that coming. <laughs> when I called this podcast tonight, you know, no one could have predicted that. You thought maybe just from one, from the co-host role, but no, all <laughs> forms of professional podcasting. Not just the World Cricket Show, your other podcasts. The Tony Kerr Hour is no more. The World Tennis Show. Perhaps I should take this opportunity to announce my retirement from international cricket. That's not come as a big shock. No. Not to me, anyway. People close to Adam Bayford have seen that one coming for a while. Ten plus years. <laughs> <laughs> Continued failure with the bat. Well, as you might be able to tell, we do indeed have some breaking news. You heard it here first, that Andrew Strauss has stepped down as England captain. <laughs> you heard it here first, three days after it happened. Probably, probably. <laughs> probably two to three days after the announcement. But uh, yeah, he's he's resigned. I'm, I'm devastated. I mean, this would perhaps be another example of where I care too much about cricket because I'm genuinely gutted about it. I mean, it has ruined my day. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not going to cry. Not going to cry. But yeah, we'll we will be talking about that a lot today. Uh, but a I feel- lot. Yeah, forty minutes probably. So just <laughs> if you if you're not interested in Strauss, skim through. But I do feel that I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I didn't ask you how your weekend was, Tony. It was a bank holiday weekend, three days. Did you have a good one? Uh, it was excellent. It was very good. Yeah, most enjoyable. What did you get up to? This and that. Yeah, a few things. A few did some stuff. Uh, I know you went out on the town on uh, Sunday night because uh, <laughs> I wasn't there, but uh, a friend of ours said that you walked past him in the street at about midnight and he was like, all right, how's it going? And you were like, yeah, all right, mate, just going to the cash point and get out 100 nicker. <laughs> you are becoming increasingly fools and horses when you go out these days, Tony. Uh, what, darling? Yeah, like Mickey. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the way I'm Mi- trying to go. Mickey Pierce. Yeah. yeah. If a policewoman were to come over to you, you'd be like, all right, darling. <laughs> Do you want to take down my particulars? That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of bawdy, kind <laughs> yeah. of, uh, you know, jokes. On that. You, at the time, you think that it's really funny. Um, <laughs> People but in retrospect, genuine. it's just tragic. They don't listen to my podcast. It's just enormously <laughs> depressing. Uh, if I was like, I do a podcast about Chris. Cricket, so it would be like no. But, uh, I know I it's it's less of a hit with the ladies than people might imagine. Actually, the, the fact that we do a podcast, yeah, it's increasingly you know the geekdom is sexy now, isn't it? It's cool. You know, when we started this, girl, we we were outcasts, weren't we? But now, I mean, now we're just you know geeks are the celebrities, and that's you know everyone loves Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> 
And then Tony Kerr is sort of on just on the next level down at the moment, but fairly soon, I imagine, that will change. But until then, you have yeah, to make I... do with this Mickey Pierce persona. <laughs> I've got it. darling? <laughs> but, you know, it's a, it's a great weekend. Just we... going to the cash port, take out 100 knicker. Why were you even taking out 100 knicker? <laughs> That's because, my question. Uh, because we were, you were in attendance as well at the uh, uh, Guernsey's longest-running and for many years only music festival. Yeah. And our friends' band played. Only vegetarian food is served. But, yeah, I was just burning through money. Like, there's no, no thick cash out. And it's, but, yeah, you can't take money out anywhere. You can't buy any meat. A combination of the two meant I had to buy, I had to take out some money. <laughs> you were so hungry for meat, you needed as much money as you could get your hands on. So you had a good night. Anyway. I had a very, very good night, yeah. yeah. Fantastic night. Anyway, what, Tony, is coming up on the show today? That is my question. Um, Andrew Strauss is the answer, really. We'll be talking about that in depth in a moment. We will also be taking a quick trip around the world to talk about India versus New Zealand. Uh, And there should hopefully be time for a couple of side notes as well. I had a pretty quiet weekend. Uh, Did manage to get out in the surf a couple of times. (laughs) Bit of bodyboarding. How many bodyboards have I lent you over the last (laughs) week, Tim? And how many of those have you broken? Uh, I think I was on a break two in two days. Uh, But fortunately, the one I used today is still intact. I mean, the octopus snuffed it in uh, after about five minutes. Just couldn't handle, couldn't handle what I was throwing at it. The octopus board that you're holding in that photo I posted on the on the Facebook yeah. page, uh, that immediately snapped. I mean, I think it's the test- universe might be trying to tell you something at this point, Tony, <laughs> if you're just constantly breaking bodyboards. But it's testament to the kind of the extremes we're going to, isn't it? That boards are just snapping left, right, and centre. <laughs> well, only your ones, though, for some reason. Yeah, well, it's because I'm pushing the limits of what my board is capable of. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly true. <laughs> um, Pushing the limits of what a child's styrofoam bodyboard can handle. <laughs> can put up with. <laughs> so we went again just now, didn't we? I think the word I'd use to describe our bodyboarding session just now would be stupid, uh, because the tide was incredibly high and the waves were really big and they were just crashing on a, on the sea wall. And we were like, yeah, let's just go get involved in that. And as you pointed out, when a crowd starts to assemble for anything you're doing, you've got you know to ask questions about think, what you're doing. To the contrary, I think you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Well, you know you're doing something spectacular. But I, I mean, we were there, the waves were crashing in, there were... Uh, at, on at least three occasions, I almost went headfirst into the wall. The thing about that is you'd think that after one time, I might have been like, <laughs> I almost died there, maybe I won't do this again. But I just, but I just went straight back out and, and got another wave and almost went headfirst into the wall. And I, I could see the, the headlines of the local paper being written as we were in there. Local idiots die in bodyboarding accident. <laughs> subheading. I mean, a- local idiots die as they lived. <laughs> as total morons. Destined just to be a side note in someone else's podcast. <laughs> England. On this part of the show, we talk about England, and there's a lot to talk about tonight, is there not, Tone? Uh, Because Andrew Strauss, really, Andrew Strauss, he's gone. He's stepped down as captain. He's retired from all forms of cricket. It's the end of an era, really. Uh, He called a press conference at Lord's uh, on Wednesday, uh, which he announced his decision to retire uh, and hand over the reins to Alastair Cook. Uh, I'll just give you some choice quotes. He said that the Peterson situation was, quote, not a factor at all. It has clearly been a tough decision to make, but I believe that it is both in the best interest of the England cricket team and myself to step down at this stage. I'm extremely proud of everything I've achieved as a cricketer, and I have found myself very fortunate to play in an era where some of English cricket's greatest moments have occurred. I've loved every minute of it. All that remains is for me to wish Andy, Alistair and the rest of the team the very best for the coming months. I will be... 
an interested spectator. He added, I've run my race. <laughs> He's been watching the Olympics too, hasn't he? So yeah, there you go, Tone. End of an era, as I say. Nine months ago, England were top of the world. Looked pretty much unbeatable. Now they've lost in Pakistan. They've lost to South Africa. Peterson's gone. Strauss is gone. It's all falling apart, Tone. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Unravel is the word, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's just the balloon has popped and there's, there's remnants of balloon strewn all over Charles Clark's face. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll go down as a, a real giant of the game, won't he? And particularly in terms of England captains. And he's, he's not gone out at the top as, you know, as he might have wished to, but he does nonetheless leave behind an impressive list of achievements, including Ashes victories, both home and away, of course. I guess not too much of a surprise to see him retire altogether. You know, once he decided he was going to stand down as captain, he definitely wouldn't be in the team anymore just as a batsman. And there's not that much point in him going back to county cricket. So I think for a while it, it, it seemed likely that the moment he decided to step down as captain, he would retire. How did you react to the news today, Tone? Yeah, it all came about very quickly, didn't it? Everything. And yeah, I'm pretty surprised, to be honest. Yeah, I completely respect his own personal reasons for for doing it, whatever they are you know he did, doesn't really need to justify it he, he'd do what he wants but yeah maybe i would have liked to see him uh like to see him go on and at least play the winter but then from another from another, persp- another perspective there's still a good lead you know, i'm looking i'm looking forward to the ashes personally uh you know there's a good build-up time good lead-up time now to the next ashes series and to give cook the kind of the necessary experience yeah maybe try and get a settled team i mean you know what england in the space of two weeks have lost 14,000 test runs, all that experience. Suddenly what was an unbelievably settled England side that we've, we've been saying uh, is such a strength of the, the England team for, you know, what, the best part of a couple of years. Now, I don't know, it it's, couldn't, be, couldn't be more unsettled, if, if you ask me. Yeah, it's an uncertain future. Well, that batting lineup has suddenly gone from being incredibly settled and solid um, this time last year to potentially one that includes James Taylor, Johnny Bairstow and, you know, an uncapped opener, um, which means that they're going to have, going into the first test of the India series, three batsmen with six test caps between them. Um, So, yeah, I think unravel is quite a good word. I mean, it's not irretrievable as a situation, but it's not great. Um, So, in a sense, it seems like not an opportune moment for Strauss to be leaving. And for me, I feel like he's still got an awful lot more to give as England captain and I'm really sad to see him go. I don't think it... I don't feel like it's in the best interest of the team. But I guess if Strauss feels that he hasn't got the energy anymore and he's not got the desire anymore, then he doesn't feel he's able to do it, in which case it's definitely not in the the best interest of the team to have a captain who doesn't want to be captain anymore. So it has to be his decision, but I'm, I'm... very sad that he's that that's the decision that he's come to i mean he says that the the main reason why he's come to that decision is because of his batting form uh, which has obviously been discussed an awful lot recently um i think he's made three test hundreds in his last 36 matches which dates back more than three years at this point so yeah i mean there, there's no way if he wasn't captain that he'd still be in this team so i can understand him saying you know he doesn't feel like he can justify his place anymore and that that's you know maybe starting to undermine both his confidence and other people's confidence in him and i guess it's just kind of wearing him down as well because if you're the captain and you're scoring runs um, it must give you a lot more confidence and you know keep your energy levels and your enthusiasm topped up in a way that continuously getting out for low scores isn't going to be doing because um, he just feels he's always under under pressure under the microscope 
Yeah, and I'm sure, <clears throat> to a certain extent, slightly embarrassed probably by his own form. There's no doubt it undermines his kind of credibility. Not that you know, he's lacking in credibility as a captain, because he's, he's very much arguably the best England captain of all time. I agree, though. I, 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 the timing isn't great. Andy Flower, a whole part of his success was that, that partnership with Strauss. What happens to him now? Well, he, I mean, he sticks around. I think he's planning to stick around, yeah. But it's a question that is worth asking because he won't be around forever and he's someone who, you know, when, when the players sometimes get a break, Andy Flower never gets a break. So he's been on the go all the time for every match in every format for the last three and a half years. He may feel at some point that he wants to step off that treadmill and Strauss not being there anymore might give him another reason to do that. On the other hand, he might feel, right, I this is a Let's new challenge it now. It's, yeah. it's a new challenge to work with Kirk and... And equally, he may feel like he, he owes it to Alistair Cook to stick around for a while longer. So I'd be surprised if Flower leaves in the near future, but then I'm surprised that Strauss has. So me being surprised doesn't mean that it won't happen. <laughs> um, Graham Smith has now led South Africa on three tours to England, and all three have ended with the resignation of an England captain. When will he be satisfied, Tone? <laughs> when will he be sated? Never, presumably, at this point. Will he come back again, Tone? I think he probably... Well, a year ago, I, I, I thought that Smith's days were numbered because, again, because of his own batting form. But since relinquishing the job in limited overs cricket, his test form has really improved. And so at the moment, you can't really see him leaving anytime soon. He's only 31, so he's four years younger than Strauss. So, so yeah, there's every back. possibility that he'll come back again. Who's next? Well, <laughs> Alist Alistair Cook has got to be in the crosshairs at this point. <laughs> I wonder if he can get rid of Alistair Cook on this tour as well. <laughs> Double up. <laughs> that'd be something else well he'd have to plant some like incriminating photographs or something <laughs> send something. some text maybe I don't know yeah. yeah if he can get hold of us the cook's phone and send some incriminating text messages around that's what Peterson should have done is just say oh someone nick my phone you were saying this I think it's unbelievable how much someone's phone number is like inextricable from their identity it's hard to believe someone if they say I didn't send that message it's like if you get a message from someone that is them saying that. Yeah, it's like them speaking your ear. It does always make me wonder. It's like it's not difficult to get someone's phone. Yeah, obviously obviously, if you text me just saying something completely ridiculous that you'd never say, I'd be like, mm. But if you were just like, come down to <laughs> yeah. come down to studio at this time, I'd be like, cool. And then, you know, you can, someone can bump me off. <laughs> I've got a lot of people hate me at it. Surprisingly paranoid for a man who basically just spends his time bodyboarding <laughs> yeah. and you know watching terrible movies at home. Well, but yeah, well, if Graham Smith can can get hold of Alistair Cook's phone, then maybe he can take him out on this tour. The hitman. I actually think that that whole thing is a bit overstated, though, uh, because there is a kind of natural cycle to the England captaincy. I suppose that's just because that's how it's been lately. But but it does seem like Strauss feels he's come to the end of his turn, as it were. Um, and it just so happens that those cycles coincide with the time that South Africa tours. Like, if South Africa had come to England two years ago and had exactly this result with this performance, there's no way that Strauss would have stepped down because it would have been two years too soon. Like, so I don't think it's just that Smith has kind of humiliated him and uh, he's been forced to step aside. It's just at the end of this series, he feels like it's a natural time for him to go. Well, I was going to ask you this question. You've kind of already showed your hand, but um, where would you really rank looking. Strauss in the in the pantheon of England captains? Do you think he's the best of all time? <laughs> he's one of the best in my lifetime. He'd probably get around, if he sat down, you know, at a table of five best England captains of all time, maybe he'd get on that table. 
if there are only five seats. I think so. I think maybe top three. I mean, one thing that struck me today and kind of the uh, the reaction to to this news uh, is the amount to which people have emphasised the kind of how bad and I'm wagging my fingers here situation England were in when Strauss took over the captaincy. And I think I, I don't necessarily draw that bigger line between the the Vaughan, kind of the Vaughan and that Ashes win and Strauss's kind of tenure. A, a lot of the players were you know a lot of the players were different. Obviously the coach was different, but I think it's kind of all part of the same mindset and I don't know. You can't say that England didn't come on a lot in that the, the you know the period that Fletcher was there. Yeah, so I think Strauss was kind of in terms of international cricket was born into a more positive mindset. So so I think it's a you know it was almost although there was a big change of change of kind of tact and personnel it was a continuation I feel. There's definitely continuity and yeah Strauss is very much a product of the Fletcher era and he's benefited a lot from the Fletcher era in terms of things like central contracts and a lot of the systems were put in place under Hussein Vaughan Fletcher. Um so yeah there's definitely continuity between those regimes but England between you know the 2005 Ashes winning side and the side that Strauss took over in 2009 had fallen away a lot. I mean, there's obviously the the immediate problems with the the Peterson Moores bust up, but they'd also just slipped from the heights that they were at. I mean, they lost a home to India, they'd lost a home to South Africa, um, they'd lost in India. They just weren't as good a cricket team. They were very much a mid-table side. And when Strauss took over, he sorted out all the off-field issues and led them to number one in the world. He did do an unbelievable job. And for me, he does have to go down as one of the best England captains of all time. He, he's up there with your Mike Brillies, your Michael Vaughans. I mean, obviously, a huge amount of it is related to the personnel that you have. I mean, Mike Atherton would have made, you know, would have had much better results if he'd had better players at his disposal. I think he was a, a very, very good captain who just didn't have the bowlers to back him up. Um, whereas Michael Vaughan and Andrew Strauss did have the bowlers to back them up. But regardless of that, you know, maybe he wasn't the the tactician that Brilly or Vaughan were. Um, but I don't think anybody has ever commanded more respect in the England dressing room. Uh, and that partnership that he, he forged with Flower was was quite extraordinary, I think. Demonstrated what can be done when you've got a coach and a captain sort of working together, working in harmony. And together, they, they did lead England to some of their finest ever moments, winning the Ashes down under, whitewashing India to become world number one. Yes, things have fallen away a little bit this year, but that shouldn't diminish those moments. This is actually, in general, something that irritates me a little bit about life that what people talk about a lot with the olympics like if you don't leave a legacy it's almost like what's the point but those moments should be celebrated in and of themselves you know the ashes win down under doesn't become any less special if england slip away into mid-table obscurity now it's still brilliant yes you want the sustained success but you can remember those glorious moments for what they were we should also remember strauss the batsman which at the moment might be easy to forget uh, because he certainly had his struggles recently, but he does have 21 test hundreds for England, uh, more than half of those away from home. And a lot of them were match-winning hundreds. You have to go back quite far to to find find some of those examples. But the tour to South Africa in 2004, when England won, he was sensational, scored three centuries in that series. Um, During the 2005 Ashes, which I think is a series that will be talked about for decades to come, uh, he was the only player on either side to score more than 100. Four years later, in the Ashes in 2009, he hit what I think was a, a momentum-shifting innings in the Lord's Test. And there are lots of other examples as well. He scored a century against every Test nation apart from Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. And against all those other teams, he's scored 
more than one test hundred. So statistically, he goes down as one of England's best ever batsmen. And yeah, I think just one of my favourite cricketers of all time, really top batsman, great captain and a great man too, wouldn't you well, say? Well, loving now. Yeah, I'm genuinely gutted that he's status. left, as you might be able to tell. Um, Alistair Cook takes over the reins then. How, how do you think he'll get on? Is he captaincy material? Made of the right stuff, is he? Yes, he seems like a captain. He's got an air of kind of captaincy about him. He's been very, you know, his, his, side, his place in the side doesn't look under threat. He's a, you know, he should go on to be uh, probably record test run scorer for England, do you think? Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's almost certainly going to get the most centuries. Now that Peterson and Strauss have gone. He could end up playing more tests than anyone else in history. He's still only 27 and he's got, I think, 82 test caps. Bear in mind that Andrew Strauss made his test debut at the age of 27 and played 100 tests. I mean, potentially Alistair Cook could play 200 test matches. That's not impossible. That might not happen, but... If he doesn't play 150, I'll be surprised once again. Yeah, well, I mean, he might see get. What Craven Smith has to say about this? <laughs> there might be, you know, he might get big injuries or something. Yeah. But assuming he stays fit. So, in that, I mean, in that sense, and you know, he, he couldn't have had a better captain to learn from if you go along with the, the the line that Strauss is one of the great England captains. So, in that sense, he's played his whole Test career has been played uh, in a side that's been well led, and as he said in his press conference, he's, he's going to find it odd now not walking out with Strauss. Uh, at the start of an innings and he's going to have to take the first ball which I'm slightly concerned about because he's probably going to get out a few times uh, like he did the other day but yeah and he, you know, he's, he's gained some good experience in, in one day cricket and yeah I think it's perfect I, I worry that you know he's going to have to take over now in a slightly uh, more turbulent period for English cricket. It's not. It's a very difficult uh, winter ahead, uh, you'd say, at this point. Is, is, is he going to have to sacrifice a bit of his uh, his concentration on batting? Almost certainly, yes. That's, that's, I've answered my own question there. So, I don't know. Well, yeah. as happens to, you know, virtually every captain, doesn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Michael Vaughan was, like, the best batsman in the world when he took over and ended up having all kinds of struggles. That is a concern because Alistair Cook has been... So important as a batsman for England that if his form does suffer, that could be enormously problematic. It's a major concern if he start yeah, if he starts to fail, now that Strauss and Peterson aren't there, we've lost as I said, fourteen thousand test runs. We don't we don't want to lose another six thousand, do we? But uh, then but then since Cook became ODI captain, his form in that format has improved dramatically. So you'd hope that it has a similarly um galvanizing effect um in the test arena. But Test cricket is a whole different ballgame. There's so much more to think about as test captain than there is as one-day captain. When you've been in the field for a couple of days, constantly having to um, think about who's bowling next, think about your field, and then suddenly you've got to go and get your pads on. Your, your brain's scrambled. It's totally different to just fielding 50 overs and then going out to bat. So, you know, I'm not sure that it will necessarily translate in the same way, but... And that's one of the reasons my form dipped off a little bit when I was second eleven captain at school. <laughs> <laughs> Plainly, he is—he was the obvious candidate. He's been groomed. Alistair Cook's been the next England captain for you know as long as I can. Remember. I've got a very short memory. <laughs> yeah. As long as I can remember, it's about three years that he's been vice captain. But I mean, obviously, there are no—not well, obviously, but you know, <laughs> kind of plainly—there aren't any other candidates. No, absolutely. I'm—I'm I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm fully behind it. Is I, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm far from shocked that he's been named captain. I'm far from unhappy that he's been that he's been named captain. Um, to me, you say he sort of looks like a captain. To me, he's never quite looked the inevitable captain that Strauss did for me. I, I always thought from the moment Andrew Strauss made a test debut, I thought he's going to be England captain one day. Is that only because he was balding already? Yes, no, yes. that's exactly why, yeah. Um, <laughs> if Alistair Cook lost a bit of hair, then I'd, I'd have a bit more faith in him. No, I don't know. I just, I never really thought that Cook was going to be a captain until they made him vice captain. He's been doing a... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Very good job in one day cricket. And he is extremely experienced. I mean, as I say, he's played more than 80 test matches now, which is quite a good career already. It's six and a half years since his debut. So he's very, very experienced. And I think he will have the respect of the dressing room because, you know, the, the players will be sad that Strauss is gone, but they all knew that Cook was going to be the next man. And I think they'll all uh, give him a chance. So you would, you'd imagine that, uh, that the transition will be relatively seamless in terms of the way that the, the team sort of set up his run, you know, with Andy Flowerstone in charge and everything. And as you say, Cook did learn at Strauss's knee so, and seems like, from what we've seen in one-day cricket, a, a quite similar type of captain, you know, measured, careful, meticulous. So, yeah, I think he could be a very good Test match captain, but he's got a tough introduction in India, but I hope everyone gives him a chance. Well, I hope you give him a chance. <laughs> well, I hope Graham Smith gives him a chance. Um, as for Strauss, what do you reckon he'll do next? There's a place in the commentary box, Beckham, perhaps? Almost certainly, probably, yeah. You know, broadsheet column. I'm sure he'll write an autobiography and i'd actually be very interested to read that i think that would be a cracking read well it'd be good to see when it gives, gives your relative something uh, something to buy you <laughs> they're gonna love that uh gives me something to give away in the next world cricket show competition <laughs> uh I, yeah i could see him as a commentator i could see him as a as a coach as well definitely see him as a coach if he does that though i don't think that'll be for quite a while i think he'd want a, a, quite a long break but i could also see him doing something completely different like you know just being a bank manager or something <laughs> You know, well, something respectable. It's like a, a something respectable, like working in a bank. Am I right? Am <laughs> yeah, I right, guys? Way. Yeah. I made my playing return for Kobo Legends the other night. Tone. I've missed the last month or so of action, uh, just because I've been busy. I've just had a few things to do, really, and I've I've missed the last few games. Listeners, no doubt remember that me and Tony, after an absence of about seven years from the cricket field, have been back out there this season for a team in Guernsey Evening League Division 4 called Kobo Legends. Uh, and we're top of the league, aren't we? Two games to play. We're four points clear. And there are two points on offer for, for a win in our league. So, yeah, we, uh, we're just about there. And I think we've actually achieved promotion, haven't we? We haven't I think quite we're guaranteed promotions, champions, but... From the bottom division to the Division 3. So, yeah, all in all, a very successful season. Could... Kobo Legends have done it without us. I mean, probably is the answer <laughs> to that, I think. But saying that, you know, the other night, as I say, haven't played for a month or so. Uh, came into bat at number seven. Very important innings. We were rocking at what, about 40 We were rocking and rolling at one point when I was in, and then we were just rocking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, me and you batted together for the, the first time, I think. I was really, season. I really enjoyed it. You struck a couple of fours uh, yeah, and then got out. out. Playing exactly the same shot that I'd played <laughs> the shot before what i always do <laughs> you just got clean bold no, it was a stupid i mean to be fair we yeah we play on kind of really old artificial pitches which uh 
uh, just don't bounce if they're a little bit wet. I should have known that. <laughs> I've heard that excuse so many times, Dave. So many times. But yeah, I came in, plundered 14 from about five balls, uh, and you stuck around a bit longer. I, I batted through, didn't I? Batted through to the end and also scored 14. <laughs> so- you did. And for, I went to my car to, uh, to get my phone. Uh, and as I came back, it was the last ball of the innings, and you, uh, yeah, you just unfurled a huge shot. So uh, got your feet out of the way. Yeah, just came down the wicket, <laughs> smashed him back over his head. Bounce for the shot I'd been trying to play pretty much every <laughs> ball for the last over, but finally got it right. Uh, but yeah, you know, just used all my experience, Tone, and batted through, shepherded the tail because we ended up what nine down. And salvaged a, a, a reasonable score of about, what was it, about 79, I think. In the end. It was a very modest total. It was a modest total, but it could have been a lot worse. And then I took a wicket as well. I mean, the word talisman is bandied around a lot these days, but, you know, they applied it to Andrew Flintoff. Can you argue with facts? I mean, it, in terms of your, you're more of a Paul Collingwood, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, scratchy, but... Useful, you know, maybe not as popular as Paul Collingwood. <laughs> You're like a less popular Paul Collingwood. <laughs> yeah, like Luke Wright. Like, no one's quite sure what he's doing. Ravi Vapara. He makes the occasional small contribution. That no, no was a great, it was sure. a good knock. We were, good, we were pleased to have you back, I think. <laughs> one thing I didn't do particularly well was turn ones into twos. <laughs> uh, my, you, couldn't, you literally couldn't turn. My running one between the two. wickets is not great at the best of times, and it was quite literally pouring with rain. <laughs> the problem with this level of cricket is that no one wants to be the one to say, <laughs> I think we should go off, because there's no one actually in charge. But it was just raining. It had been raining all day and it was still raining. And no one wanted to be the one who's like, oh, I don't know about this. So we were just out there playing in the rain. There was what I can only describe as a puddle just next to the wicket that the opposition wicketkeeper almost broke his neck slipping over in. So the pitch was really wet as well. So, yeah, at the best of times, milk turns faster than I do. But the other night, it was ridiculous. I I don't think I scored a single two in the innings. (laughs) Oh, no, I went for one. I went for a two, but it was called one short. <laughs> so that was a bit disappointing. But yeah, I mean, that was a, a critical, uh, you know, at one point, having lost the previous oh, game. cheers, that's very nice of you to say. Game? I think it didn't oh, were you talking about my innings or the game in particular? The match, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, because at one point uh, last week, we were set up to take the title home on Friday. We, we played two matches in the week, and we won both of them. You know, I'd already booked in, basically booked the taxi home on Friday night from town. So I thought, well, here we go. You know, we're in business here. Well, what, darling? Just won the Guernsey Evening League Division 4. Put the taxi home, and then we proceeded to lose that match. Uh, and we were, you know, I thought, blimey, we're going to lose this one as well. And we're going to be pulled right back into the pack. Very important, very important. I mean, they just they simply couldn't bat. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really the main problem. Their undoing, wasn't it? That they didn't <laughs> I think have we any got them batsmen. all out for about 35. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure listeners are delighted to have been felt a part of our success this season. Kobo legends might have been able to do it without us, but we couldn't have done it without them. Well, I feel like we've really galvanised the dressing room, haven't we, at Kobe? How so? Just in, 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 in a number of ways, I think, with our... Yeah, a light-hearted take on on the uh, on, <laughs> on the, the week's events. <laughs> Just with this level of banter, you know, it's enough to galvanise any dressing room. Maybe that's what England need now. <laughs> Strauss has gone. Well, Just basically get... two big slots, aren't there, to fill? Yeah. Just parachute Bayford in at number seven. It'll really galvanise the dressing room. I'd love to know. I would pay endless amounts of money to have you selected into the England team, in all seriousness, by <laughs> the selectors. Just to see what how boycott... 
would assess that decision and your like subsequent performances <laughs> it would be worth any amount of money well in fairness wasn't steve smith selected for australia in the last ashes and one of the main reasons they gave was well he's quite a funny lad and you know he'll, he'll really lift the lift the other guys you could come down with some baguettes around the world now in which we talk about things that have been happening around the world. India are hosting New Zealand in a two-test match series, uh, and the first game has been played at Hyderabad, and India recorded a massive victory, scoring 438 in their first innings, with Chiteshwar Pujara back in the side at number three, making 159, uh, and they then bowled New Zealand out twice for less than 200. Um, Ravi Ashwin taking six for 31 in the first innings, as the Kiwis were bowled out for 159, and then six for 54 in the second innings, as the Kiwis were bowled out for 164. So India won by an innings and 12 runs, one of the more routine test match victories that I can remember. And the way that it came about was extremely predictable. Indian batsmen kind of grinding out quite a big total, and then New Zealand batsmen just getting into a tangle against spinners. I think 18 out of the 20 wickets fell to spin. You literally, before they got on the plane, you could have written that script and they wouldn't have had to turn up. But saying that, I think you, we should give quite a lot of credit to Ravi Ashwin because, you know, he's still finding his feet at test level. So to, to have taken 12 wickets was an outstanding performance, um, even against New Zealand. Uh, and in general, I think India had quite a lot to be happy about with, uh, as I say, Pajara scoring his maiden test century. He's, he's someone who's always looked like a, a test batsman in waiting, but he's had to wait a long time because it's more than two years since he last made an appearance. But following the retirement of EVS Latchman, uh, he's getting that chance and he's seized it so far. As I say, Latchman's gone. What was your reaction to that? Were you, were you surprised to see him go, or did you think uh, did you think that been a long time coming? It was dismal uh, in England last year, wasn't he? And dismal in Australia after yeah, that. He wasn't terrific, was he? I mean, terrific player, but yeah, it's kind of timid end to his uh, to his career uh, in many ways. But yeah, I mean, we said for a while, you know, that there's a coming crisis in the Indian uh, upper order. You know, a few of them have had to go and will have to go. But you would never have imagined that maybe England if it would have, were going to lose. A couple of their big experience players around about the same time. Um, so what I've done there is com- I've compared that to what we were talking about earlier. So I've kind of tied everything together. It's all dovetailing. It's almost isn't like it? a conclusion. It's like uh, it's like Magnolia or something like that, isn't it? it it's all, like the big reveal at the end. Yeah. You go, oh, it it's all, all makes sense. Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, but equally, you could say that what you've done is um, panicked when I asked you a question <laughs> about a team other than England. And just immediately tried to bring it back to England. Panic isn't the right word. No, I'm not surprised to see Latchman go. I think in many ways it was overdue. Unbelievably good career, but for the last year or more, he's he's just been nowhere in terms of runs and he's not even captain of the team, so I couldn't really justify his place anymore. Um, but India will be pleased to see Pajara come in and make some runs. <laughs> yeah, will, India will be pleased to see the back of him. Yeah, with, with Kohli looking good as well. They're starting to move towards replacing those those players who seemed so irreplaceable for so long. But yeah, another test match to come in that series, uh, which, Tony, we will talk about next week. Hey, Tony, it's me, Adam, you know, the bloke you go bodyboarding with sometimes, the bloke who lends you the bodyboards that you break. <laughs> I've got two questions for you. One... Do you like the World Cricket Show? And two, do you like the World 2020? Yeah, I guess. What's to both? Well, you're in for a treat then, Tony, <laughs> because uh, the World 2020 is coming up and you will be able to follow all of it via the World Cricket Show. 
Oh, I can't wait! I think we've got exclusive rights to the coverage, haven't we, Tim? Uh, that's what I've heard. That's the, the you know the the guys upstairs. They're working hard at it. Yeah. It's not actually going to be. It's not going to be televised. It's not going to be televised in any form. You're not going to be able to read about it. There's injunctions all over the place. Yeah. Don't expect to hear about it anywhere else. Well, it all gets underway on September the 18th. It's very soon. I'm excited. Desperate for a distraction from that test cricket, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely, the drudgery of test cricket. <laughs> the misery is... of, uh, you know, Karen. Test cricket yeah. <laughs> um, is put on hold for a while uh, with the World 2020. I, I think it, it's such a great competition. It, compared to the 50 over World Cup, the World 2020 is brilliant. Listeners, hey, you guys, get involved. Uh, tweet us, email us, Facebook us. Um, let us know what your thoughts are ahead of the World 2020, who you think is going to win, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be sure to read out some of your comments on the show during our preview show, which will be, I think, not next week, but the week after. Doing the maths. Yeah, so, uh, so get in touch with us and let us know. Also... We will be doing a World 2020 Fantasy League. I believe I won it last year. Um, no, you didn't. You definitely didn't. I won the 50 over World Cup I'm one. I'm not convinced. If you're being serious, <laughs> I'm going to leave now because I won that by a mile. I've definitely won something. I didn't do anything else apart from constantly check my I definitely won something recently. In the last, by recently, I mean in the last two to four years I won that by miles uh, anyway so what what we did during the 58 <laughs> World Cup is Crick Info did a, a fantasy league uh, and we set up a, a mini league of our own you know and gave listeners the pin to it uh, and people got involved uh, it was very popular uh, and yeah the I, banter was lively the competition was fierce uh, well, the, the, competi- was the competition <laughs> the winner was Adam difficult to remember <laughs> um, so yeah we'll be doing that again uh, so get involved the side notes now on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. I've got an article for you toned from the New Zealand Herald. Kiwi learns to bowl Aussie's Sanshu Crusher. He's been cast to play cricketing greats from both sides of the Tasman, and with all the practice he's getting, Kiwi actor Ryan O'Kane jokes he could be called up to rescue the Black Caps. O'Kane's latest role is as Australian fast bowler Jeff Thompson in the big-budget teledrama How's That? Kerry Packer's War which is expected to reach New Zealand screens in a few months. He also stars in upcoming Australian comedy movie Save Your Legs, in which cricketer Sir Richard Hadley makes his acting debut in a cameo role. I think I'm going to get away from the acting and give the Blit Kips a call, O'Kane says. I find it hard to label it a job. They are paying me to go out and play a game of cricket. How's that charts the birth of professional cricket in the 1970s and is being touted as the Australian television event of the year. The television event of the year. Hard-nosed entrepreneur Packer turned cricket on its head, introducing coloured uniforms and taking one-day cricket to the world. O'Kane took months to perfect the distinctive slingshot action of Thompson, who still holds the world record for the fastest delivery. Playing a dyed-in-the-wool Aussie cricket hero was a challenge for O'Kane, who grew up with posters of the New Zealand cricket team on his wall. He had such a fearsome reputation, he says of Thompson. He was called the Sandshoe Crusher and used to do serious damage to bitsmen back then. Bick then. This uh, this How's That TV event of the year, Tone, is going to be the TV event of the year, I think. Um, everyone's talking about it. Some of our Australian listeners have been tweeting at us about well, it. Actually? Yeah. All right. I'm quite excited about this. I know, we're going to have to find a way to watch it. I'm sure they'll put it on the internet, won't they? They'll put everything on the internet these, these days, days don't even, they? even this show. <laughs> <laughs> Someone at work said to me the other day, uh, so what do you do on the internet? Do you, uh, do you go on that YouTube? <laughs> I was like, yes, I go on that YouTube. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and one other article for you this week, Tone, comes from Crick Info, Filching the Floodlights. Night cricket is an institution in Pakistan, but comes into its own during the month of Ramadan, 
when daytime activities are severely curtailed. What's fun and games for the participants, however, can be a problem for others, as reflected in recent troubles at Karachi's bustling Empress Market. The market's parking lot is being used for night cricket matches, and the organisers have reportedly barricaded one end of the busy approach road. That's caused a traffic snarl, but even that doesn't seem to be the biggest problem. The city's municipal officials say the youth are powering their floodlights with electricity taken off nearby transformers. Surely that's not cricket, the article finishes. Well, I've heard that line before. Uh, Two things about that. Go on. One, uh, municipal is one of my favourite words right. ever. Good to know. Uh... Grumble is one of my really grumble. Anything ending in umble, Umble. rumble, tumble, grumble, bumble, bumble less so. (laughs) I also like uckle, like buckle and chuckle. Listeners must love this. (laughs) This is gold. Uh, But the second point is snarl. Never heard of a traffic snarl before. Well, apparently they get them in Karachi's Empress Market. It must be bizarre to live in a place where cricket is that popular. That it likes brings the traffic to a standstill because people are playing it in the street. You wouldn't like it for a start if it was that popular, would you? <laughs> if, <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, but you'd... if if a band that you no, like becomes this is, this is, slightly popular, you don't like them but anymore. That's the cliched view of of you. No, of just of that kind of that attitude. I haven't got that attitude. You do have that attitude. No, slightly, literally... not because, but not because, not out of some kind of no, <laughs> no, not happy about that. No, do you want me to cut that out? No, do what you want. Do what <laughs> I, you want. I will do what I want. <laughs> Whoa, hey, you know what? That's about it for the World Cricket Show this week. You had a good one, Taney. Uh Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the look on your face suggests otherwise. No, 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 you're, no, no, you're, no, no, you're, no, 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 no. very sad. I look sad. Well, I'm just gutted about Strauss, really. Yeah. Any time when I'm not bodyboarding, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, so that's a bit upsetting. Oh. Uh, well, apart from... Uh, bodyboarding and also been watching a lot of Breaking Bad recently listeners love it when when we talk about what television shows we're watching <laughs> uh, but it's funny because uh, I watched Breaking Bad with with, with a few mates a few, yeah, mate, was, a few, few mates of mine well, I was not involved in this <laughs> yeah, you, from the start you've never been involved in um, bone of contention and on Monday we, we, we arranged to watch some Breaking Bad and you were like lads do you want to uh, do you want to do something tonight and we were like oh we're watching Breaking Bad and you're like oh don't worry about it and that's fine I'll pr- probably see it at the weekend or something <laughs> I just I got to thinking about when uh, I think it was last year when you, you messed around with my uh, my Facebook account uh, I made the <laughs> fatal mistake of lending you my laptop for a few minutes and thinking that you might be mature enough not to mess around with my Facebook account but that was not the case but you actually did it in quite an imaginative way, I thought, where you uh, you found a load of Breaking Bad season finale parties, like events on Facebook, uh, and just clicked, I'm going for me. And these are really random parties, like people in Minnesota and Arkansas and all these places where there's like eight guests, but it's an open event. So you've just clicked, I'm going, and then written a comment like, I'll bring the nachos, seven exclamation mark. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll hand it to you, Taylor. That is quite funny because then, for days afterwards, I was getting notifications of people. Firstly, people just were clicking like this under where I said <laughs> I'm bringing the nachos. Did they not think he's this weirdo that's coming to the party? But then getting like messages from people like it's actually a closed event, buddy. Sorry, I don't think <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to come. I saw one place. Hang on, I need the Adam Bay for the some more cruise show. <laughs> In response, I was like, "All right, darling, <laughs> I've got a podcast. I'll bring the nachos." 
the, um, other, the other the other good one is to just go deep into you you find some random people random facebook friends go deep into their photos and then just like just, just like a random selection of them like just, spaced out there so it click, looks like you've gone through like all their photos <laughs> yeah it's yeah, great so there you go just giving you the tools there. and this is why i never let anyone use my laptop <laughs> ever also meant to ask you what did you make of uh of the old essex lion story Listeners yeah. around the world may not have been aware that, uh, what was it, Essex Police over the weekend said that they'd received a, a call that someone had spotted a lion um, on the loose. They were, I think they were advising people to stay indoors at times. And did it turn out to just be a cat, just an ordinary cat? Yeah. I mean, I did see the photo of the, the purported lion. Uh, I mean, at no stage does it even look like a lion. It doesn't look like a male lion and it doesn't look like a female lion. What it looks like, Tane, is a cat, uh, which is what it is. Yeah. Um, you get the feeling that that must have been a hoax, surely. Um, uh, the peeps, though, that reported it were fairly convinced. Really? Uh, yeah. My favourite quote to emerge out of it was, I think they, they contacted the circus to see whether or not a lion had gone missing from there. And the circus's quote was, we can confirm that we have not had a lion go missing from our circus <laughs> and also that we don't have any lions. <laughs> like, that in itself would probably be enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just, we haven't got any lions. But no, we've not had any lions go missing. <laughs> we also don't have any lions. But yeah, that's about it for this week. If you like the show, then that's great. But until you've liked it on Facebook, I'm not in the least bit interested. So find us there at facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter as well, twitter.com slash cricket show follow tony as well at tony cover t-o-n-y-c-v-double-r the v being a roman v i think essentially you had gone so uh yeah uh, an attempt to position position myself as a luxury brand i stuck a v in there so yeah it's gonna work wonders when i come up with my high fashion range yeah your shampoo is coming uh send us an email as well worldcricketshow at gmail com do that if you'd like some free world cricket show stickers leave us a review on itunes as well if you've got the time and the inclination and most importantly buy a t-shirt go to cricketshow.net and for just 15 pounds including free worldwide shipping you can get your hands on a world cricket show t-shirt it's literally the must-have fashion item of the summer autumn and winter this year i think Tony, isn't it oh yeah you can wear it to the nightclub you can wear it to the beach you can wear it to the supermarket I could name a hundred other places you could wear it to. You should just wear it to the nightclub, Tony, and then it would save you having to go, what, darling, I did a podcast. Like, you could just point to the shirt, and yeah. that does does the work for you, really, doesn't it? But there you go. That's about it. Stay in school, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with loads more to talk about. No doubt, England's one-day series. We didn't talk about the second ODI today. <laughs> didn't it. Didn't need to. It was miserable. It was absolutely dismal uh, from an English perspective. But uh, more games will be played by next week. So we'll, we'll have a chat about that. Uh, and just generally catch up, won't we? See you next time, guys. Do. See you next time. I can smell your fear
I think we... we're using different mics this time, aren't we? And uh, I can't really see you. I'm just going to try and twist and get that out of the way of my mouth. That's cool. That's better. Is that all right? Looks yeah. good. like it. Um, uh, quite further away than normal. Yeah, I know. I feel quite far away. <laughs> I'm also we're directly opposite. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's like, I feel like it's hard talk on like <laughs> News Twenty Four. Hmm. Anyway, we ought to tweet it. We ought to start tweeting at cricketers, really. Yeah, I know. We should try and get into this, get some retweets. I don't want to be that guy though. That's like, I know. Oh, okay. Oh, we have a retweet. <laughs> Stuart, <laughs> can I have a retweet? Also, I do. A I never read retweets. Yeah, well. Exactly. Like also, I occasionally read retweets, but if it's one that begins with "Please, can I have a, you know, any chance?" Yeah. To, I'm just letting know. Like, <laughs> also, then, like, if any listeners come to our Twitter page and it's just us, like, tweeting it, like. Dimitri Mascarenas, like, Dimmy, can I have a retweet, please? And then he's not retweeted us. How depressing is that? Yeah, that's not looking good, is it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.